0: Hello, and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast, where I and my guests share tips to help and inspire you to build a great personal brand to increase your visibility and authority. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am joined by Anders Boulanger. Um, Anders is the founder and CEO of Engageify. For nearly two decades, he has been traveling the world with his team of certified infotainers, Creating brand defining performances in trade show exi- exhibits of the fastest growing companies. After logging thousands of hours and engaging all kinds of people, he has co- codified engagement and now trains teams and individuals on how to engage their prospects, customers, and teammates so that they can deepen connection and command uh-huh. attention. Anders, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Claire. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is awesome. So, okay. So let's just start with um, your, the name of your business, Engageify. It's an intriguing name. Tell me a little bit more about it and what you guys do. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I wanted it to um, be intriguing, for one. I think yeah. that's, you know, people kind of, oh, what what is that? What do you do? And and hopefully explains a little bit so that it kind of whets the appetite or piques the curiosity. Um, we were looking to, we we did primarily uh trade shows for a long time doing that infotaining that we talked about and our former company name was called the infotainers and it was kind of about look at us look what we can do and we you know convey information in an entertaining way at trade shows and we've been wanting to move to an engagement company and trying to find the right fit the right name to kind of really express what we do and we really wanted to kind of position it as well as not what can we do but look how we can help you you know do more so yeah. engageify just really fit the bill when we stumbled upon that and and it's the idea of making you know your events and your teams more engaging. So um, yeah we can talk a little bit about how we do that.
0: Yeah. Well so one question is did you kind of pivot into that more kind of online space in you know the last couple of years because of everything going on?
1: Yes, that that was part of it. There was an intention to move to this to an engagement company. And, um, of course, diversifying away from those events was an important piece, but it was also that, you know, we learned these skills and we just wanted to kind of pass these on. And and like you said, in the introduction, so, um, and it's not just online. I mean, there is, we, we offering online, but the idea that we just want people to be able to, uh, take advantage. Like we, when we talk about ROI, it's not return on investment, it's return on interactions. And so, you know, when we look at, at personal brand, and I know that's what you're all about, Claire, you know, I, I kind of define it personally as, as you know, how we show up wherever we show up, right? And so, you know, in, in this case, we're talking about virtual, we're talking about on the phone, we're talking about in person, you know, we're talking about all these different kind of interactions, how we present ourselves so that we're unforgettable, you know? And, you know, if you're an expert, that's great. But sometimes... Well, a lot of times, experts—they have that curse of knowledge. They have—they know so much that they actually can't communicate it properly. And so, where our first training actually came to existence, uh, our first training was called—it was a presentation training called "Presenting for Profits." We were actually, you know, tasked by a, a large technology company to say, "Can you teach us what you do at trade shows so our guys, you know, are a little bit more interesting to watch?" You know, yeah. and, and so there's that, that piece too that whatever you're an expert in, sometimes that content, you know, for general public consumption isn't that interesting. Right. So yeah. how do we how do we make that better, right? How do we kind of again just create peak experiences from those interactions so that people remember you and of course, you know, hopefully do business with you too, right? Standing mm-hmm. in mind.
0: There's so many elements, and um, you just talked about one element of of what kind of makes someone want to work with you, stay engaged with you, want to follow you on social media. It's kind of all of those things. And I think one thing I want to tell tell anyone watching or listening right now is don't get scared. It's okay. (laughs) Don't be like, oh, there's no way I could possibly do everything. We're going to get to a point where you, I'm going to ask you for some tips. So, that, so stay listening. We're going to get to some tips. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Do you, do you agree with that? Let me just ask you that first. Do you agree that you don't have to be perfect? Oh. So a lot of people are so scared yeah. of messing up and, and, you know, falling on their face. Like, I can't do this. Anders, what do I do? I, I'm, I'm going to mess up, and I'm scared, and I don't even want to jump in. I,
1: there's, there's someone I know that once told me that perfection is death you know this idea that too perfect kind of exists and in this world of you know curating your instagram and all you know all that that social media presence i think that's a lot of pressure for people and and there is this kind of battle or a potential you know opposition that people have with, with professionalism right on one hand and and authenticity on the other right this this kind of weighing that balance and from the work that we've done coaching people, I find the more authentic, more we get into the real person, you know, and, and, and warts and all, if you will, the more interesting it gets, right? And then the more you don't have to try as hard because you're actually just being yourself, which is which is fascinating in and of yeah. itself, right? Yeah. So, so that's, that's what I would say is just like that, if that's the pressure, you know, I think the idea of, of showing more of who we are, that's one of the keys to, to being more.
0: Yeah. That's, I, it's interesting cause it's, cause kind of that being personable and kind of doing this on, on the camera to me is not scary at all because I come from a background of acting. I did lots of improv classes. So I've been scared. I've been real scared <laughs> like doing this. it's easy. But I feel like a lot of people, like they don't, they haven't had that experience of, you know, being in a, in a group, Falling on your face in front of a whole bunch of people doing improv. Like that's like super, I find that actually scarier. That was like, oh my God, this is really embarrassing. <laughs> but I think that sometimes, you know, yeah, just getting, getting it kind of out of your own way is super important. Um, and so I, one thing I want to, to mention or to talk about is the fact that I, in your bio, you said you are a magician. So where, first I have to add one question. Have you been to Magic Castle here in LA? I have Yeah, me too. All right, I went. um, I went last year. I was so excited, finally be able to go. Um, Okay, so I just had to ask that question because. And if you guys don't know what Magic Castle is, look it up. It's kind of a cool place here in LA. Um, And so, tell me about being a magician and how that helps you be more engaging
1: yeah for sure so actually i was being interviewed earlier today i'm going to just dart off screen just for a second just to grab something um when i was five years old i got this little this fisher price magic set here and uh this is what started you know the, the you know kind of that i got bit by the magic bug as they say mm-hmm. so i i did magic at uh, for show and tell in kindergarten i did uh, magic uh you know all the way through school when i was 12 i started doing birthday parties, you know, for people in my little town. Um, And then I paid my way through university. I got a physics degree. And then when I graduated university, I had enough clientele. I just kept doing magic full time. And then eventually I started doing magic at trade shows, integrating a message. So it's kind of marketing and, and, and magic combined. And then we, you know, built out from there and and have a team of people. And now we're kind of deconstructing how we did this. So Mm -hmm. the way magic kind of plays into this is performers, entertainers, you know, are engaging. They're interesting. And part of that reason is because they've had a feedback loop going for a long time. Now, you think about a comedian, Claire, who's telling jokes in a room Immediately, you know if he's hitting the mark or not, or she is hitting the mark, right? The idea that there's laughter, there's smiles, there's a reaction or a lack of reaction. You know, they either know that that joke worked or they told it well or not immediately. Now, mm-hmm. the problem is, is in the general public, when you're not having that kind of feedback loop that is so tight, you don't get that feedback, so you kind of don't know how you're doing, right? Like it's kind of like we're talking here, and I can see you, and you're not in your head, so it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, the, Claire's relating to what I'm saying. That's that's right. the vibe I'm getting, right? But if we both had our cameras off, or you had your camera off, you know, I would just be kind of like, ah, Claire, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't really know, you know, if this was hitting the mark, right? So when you talk about these people who are, you know, scared to turn their camera on. They need that experience. They need to record themselves on video, maybe doing their elevator pitch or, or you know, doing a little bit of a, a presentation, you know, virtually or whatever, right? Just and then playing it back and watching it. And, you know, I mean, I continually learn, you know, and, and over the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of videos for companies. And we, I was doing a welcome video for a virtual trade show booth. And the client said to me that, and so I'm kind of like the on-air personality for, for this virtual trade show booth. And they said, Anders, we want it really peppy. We want it really high energy. I'm like, oh, don't you worry. I can do high energy, right? And I recorded myself. And it's like 30 seconds. And I'm like, hey, it's Anders. Welcome to the Veeam booth here at Cisco Live, blah, 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 blah. And I played it back and I watched it. And I was like, that was really flat. Like that was not yeah. what I thought I was sending out, right? And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna hit it so hard, I'm gonna be like, just like the peppiness is gonna be off the charts, right? And I then played it back, watched the recording, thinking I would be disgusted by you know, how high energy it would be. And I was like, oh, it's just right. Like I thought it, I overshot it. And so one of the things that we talk about, whether it's on video, whether it's on uh, virtual calls, is that, you know, here's the you know the level, and, and for the people listening, I'm putting my hand up about shoulder level. You know, this is where you think you're coming in, and now I'm putting my other hand about chest level, and this is where you're actually being perceived at in terms of yeah. your energy level, right, virtually. So to, to be perceived at the shoulder level that I'm talking about originally, we want to go, you know, above my head, you know, that kind of thing. We have to overshoot. By well, and one thing
0: we were talking about too is that you were. So I'm sitting and you're standing, yeah. and we were talking about how that the the energy kind of. I as an actor, I know that the energy can kind of yeah. be sucked out from you when you're sitting versus standing. So For sure. standing makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, and you're an actor, so you can appreciate like we have better access to your lungs. Your voice can have more presence that way. There's something about standing that makes mm-hmm. that gives. That I give importance to the fact that it's happening. Like I'm investing energy in this interview, right? By doing Mm -hmm. so, right? Mm -hmm. And and again, for the people who want to represent themselves, and again, we're, we're kind of talking virtual a lot right now, but that idea that if you are, you know, taking a meeting, you know, and you're that expert and you want to come off in the right way and you've been just working at your computer and you're like, okay, time for a meeting and I just, you know, some people don't even look at the camera, but you know, that idea that you flick into meeting mode, you haven't changed your state, right? You haven't yeah. you haven't warmed yourself up as what you know actors would do, a warm mm-hmm. up or do something thing to kind of get themselves into their body. And and so that's a big part of kind of what we're doing with Engageify, is taking kind of a performance aspect and and the neuroscience of engagement and marrying them together so that people kind of understand the combination. And mm-hmm. and then just to kind of really you know be able to drive that that uh, attention and attract those eyeballs and, and, and ears to it's the message.
0: Yeah. Well, I think one of the things too is that for for me and for you, there, we've had a lot of entertainment hours and under our belt. So you kind and I was always doing TV and film um, and commercials. So I saw my. I mean, we would we would come in with cold sides. We'd have to to go in with you know do them to camera and then we have to see them in front of in front of the entire class so again putting yourself out there yeah, the, the feedback but again very vulnerable like oh my god I was not ready for that I don't think I was I was you know really prepared or whatever it is but yeah the feedback that you constantly get and you see yourself over and over and and the things that you do that might be, seem really weird if I went back and looked at stuff that I was doing really early when I was learning the, the on camera technique it was weird <laughs> not weird but yeah, sometimes you're like, why did I put my face in front of my, you know, my hands in front of my face? That was strange. Don't do that anymore. You just learn how to sit up straight or or stand up straight. Things like that. Those are the kind of things too, because your posture. It's just yeah. like this doesn't look good. This looks good. So you just so it's it's kind of a lot of those things. Um, and if you don't have the feedback that you're talking about, maybe get a friend that could do feedback, or just constantly watch yourself on video. Yeah. Which which people
1: don't want to do, right? Like they don't uh, want we we don't want to face the truth. And yet if you're talking about cultivating a powerful personal brand, you have to have some objectivity of how people are perceiving you, right? So so that's where, you know, watching that video of yourself, you know, and and trying to pick out these things, that's part of the process. That's part of the, you know, the introspection to it and getting over yourself enough to just improve a little bit, right? Like it's, you don't have to go the, you know, you're not going to improve overnight. It's going to be bit by bit. And Claire, just like you were saying, you go, Oh, maybe I shouldn't sit like that. Well, that sits with you. That sits with you. That that's (laughs) in your head. The next time you come to a similar situation, you remember not to do that. And that's that little incremental progression of, of getting better and better.
0: Right. Well, and another thing I was thinking is you're standing. There are people sometimes they rock or do stuff that's weird when they're standing because they're, you know... Nervous energy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's again, one of those things where you just kind of need to look at yourself. So so I, I'm interested to get your, your um, perspective on this. I think I know the answer, but um, you often see amazing, engaging people and you're like, wow, that guy's just a natural. Can somebody that doesn't think they're a natural, you know, entertainer, engager, can they become great or at least really
1: yeah. good? Yeah, like I think, you're, are you kind of saying born or made? Is that kind of what yeah. you're asking?
0: Yeah, I kind of, re- I kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be some natural tendencies that maybe people who are extroverted are going to find things easier or they're not going to be, you know, they're mm-hmm. not going to resist certain situations, that sort of thing. But I do believe we are a product of our environment, right? And, and again, just like I was talking about entertainers, they're in those situations all the time, so they naturally you know, evolve, right? And so it is – there are – I know some introverts who are amazing performers. They hmm. kind of will flick the switch, right? They turn on – and then, then I know some performers, and you probably know some too, Claire, that don't turn off. It's like yeah. you go out for dinner with a bunch of people and you're like, oh, boy, like, can we turn Calm that down. volume down, right? <laughs> um, so I, I definitely have like an on and an off, right, in terms mm-hmm. of, of wanting to, okay, it's go time. It, this, this is mission critical. This matters. I need to be on for this, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, again, when we kind of talked about warmups or some sort of state builder or getting into that kind of zone that you want, um, right. that's where, you know, the people who need a little bit more. Right, that maybe aren't born but are on the way in making or being made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where they have to kind of look at tricks for themselves to get to the place where they need to be. So, yeah. I, I interviewed uh, one gentleman who uh, uh, he's a he's an introvert and he's a speaker who speaks about being introverted. And so, this is kind of because he would gonna know.
0: Really,
1: yeah, it's going to get really <laughs> meta here. Like, he spoke to an introverted conference one time. So he felt very comfortable because he was with his own people and yeah. he discovered that he actually needed to be bigger than what he thought he needed to be, just like we talked about with that virtual example, even right. in front of his own people. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, even though everyone was introverted, he needed to be more extroverted to actually still engage the introverts. So right. that's where he has to really push himself. You know, because it's not his natural tendency.
0: Interesting, that is. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy thing. I, like, um, I, I. But at least there's hope, right? That that somebody who is not born that way can yeah. learn how to be more engaging, more. Uh, Over the top, whatever you want to say that that it is, but uh, so one. Can can I say something? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: You just said over the top, and it it just made me think, I just want to kind of give you a little philosophy of mine that I believe that engagement is kind of like a spectrum, okay, where Mm -hmm. you have on one far end boring, okay, like not enough, okay, not enough contrast, just a lot of sameness, right? Um, So the example would be someone speaking very monotone all the time. There's Mm. no vocal variety. It's very flat. They don't move. No facial expressions, et cetera, right? right? So how fun would this be for an hour talking to me? Right. Then on the other side, you said over the top, and this is what sparked my uh, imagination or my memory on this, is on the other side of that spectrum, Claire, it's annoying, right? Mm. And so you can go too far. And, I mean, some people think, I don't want to be like that. But usually right. you're not even going where you need to, like we mentioned before. Yeah. But another I thing about the annoying is that you may be repelling the audience unconsciously. And and the thing that By comes being to mind... annoying. Well, one of the things, and this is a, a, another virtual uh, example. I have, here, I'm just going to grab it. I have a, a headset that I paid, I don't know, $200, $300 for as a Plantronics headset here. I started yeah. using this for, for virtual because it's like a phone, you know? You wear it over your ear. And then I finally played it back, and I didn't realize how bad the sound was coming out of this. So in this case, hmm. it wasn't me really being it, but it was the filter that the microphone was was putting on it. And in my trainings, I'll, I'll flip back and forth between different microphones, and this is annoying to listen to, and it makes you want to tune out, right? And it's just... You know, so, so that's just where, and again, I could crank up myself right now and you'd be like, Anders, settle the heck down. Like, just like, that's too much. Like you're trying too hard. And that would be the, yeah. that would be on that annoying side of things. Right. So I believe when I everyone... think of that,
0: I think of Jim Carrey, he is that to me. Yeah. Right, right. Know. Yeah. And it's so too much. it's kind of like,
1: or Robin Williams, yeah. you know, it's on the talk yes. shows. You know, you'd I be was like, thinking oh. About,
0: yeah. If you were going to, to dinner with those two, you'd be like, calm down, yeah. please. Yeah.
1: So, so everyone needs to find that sweet spot on that spectrum, Claire, for themselves. Now, yeah. My experience is everyone's far on the boring side. You know what I mean? Yes. They, they, being annoying is not going to be an issue. They need to go down the, the, the the other way a little bit more right so right um it's it's again just kind of we need to sometimes amp up different qualities about what we right. did right so we can slice and dice all the different contrasts that we can create like you know for for one um uh, here's one way of looking at it like if i was if we're watching this video and i was in black and white it wouldn't be as neat, right? It wouldn't be as interesting, right? Because I've got color behind me and that sort of thing. So color is a way that creates contrast and enhances things. Just mm-hmm. like vocal variety, just like the body language, just like if I tell a story instead of just dropping data, like, you know, yes. and, and that's sort of like, here's here's a, you know, then in two days from now, you'll only remember 10% of what I tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? That's
1: the forgetting curve. You could just right. drop that. But if I told a story about this and how you can be memorable, people would remember that longer term. So there's different ways we can create contrast so that we can, you know, stand out more.
0: I think that that's one of the things. I mean, this this is my studio. It's actually kind of a guest room too, but I step in here before I do. So I don't, like my office is over there and I don't have to kind of go like, oh, I'm in, you know, podcast mode right now, and I have to change the way I'm doing things. So sometimes kind of going to a different space. And I, I spent, I mean, I built this bookcase and put all the stuff in there. So yeah, visual interest and things like that. I completely agree. It does make, it just makes things in everything. Yeah, it's a lot to think about, but once you do it once, you're kind of like, I'm good. But, yeah, you know, yeah. and I remember the, um, Fair. For sure. Yeah. And- like the the shirts that I wear too, I remember from um, my acting days that I had to be, I couldn't, I literally have hardly anything that's patterned anymore because I got rid of them all because it wasn't working on, on camera. So everything yeah. is like a bite bold color and um, that, that yeah. looks good on me. And yeah. So this is kind of the time to, yeah, really think about it,
1: Yeah, what so, you're wearing. So Comment about this this background, and, and for the people yeah. listening, I've got kind of this red, orangey light behind me that lights up the walls. Um, I actually have actually, you know what? I'll do this, and I, I will describe. This will be for described video here. I'm going to sh- mm-hmm. play a video that okay. shows me. Look the, at that! You know, the lights out, and I'm turning on the lights. I'm still sitting, and now uh, I'm lit better. Now my standing desk goes up. I go downstairs. I close the curtains. And so I get rid of the black, uh, the backlighting, turn on these kind of funky lights that I have, uh, Interesting. Go, change, go change my shirt. Okay. Oh, it's the same shirt I'm wearing right now too. And then I give myself a nod of approval. And that, that's the, the effort that I go through to create that effect because yeah. I'm on stage virtually or video.
0: Right. right? You and, wouldn't and, even know that that's what the room is either. And yeah. that's kind of the cool thing. Right. I'm in front and of a closet right here. This this is, this is moves, this bookcase moves. So it doesn't yeah. have to be like this thing where like, oh, I can't, yeah, get creative. It is, yeah. that's very creative. I like that.
1: So the lighting. one, one uh, quick story about the red background too is that yeah. um, VMware is a, a company, a multi-billion dollar technology company. And uh, I w- got to be able to kind of do my little song and dance in front of the, their marketing uh, directors because they were considering having a, a virtual MC for one of their, their conferences or summits. And mm-hmm. so there's a number of them, but one of them in particular was the one I kind of needed to impress. And she confided in me after they hired us was that that day when there was about six of them on the call, she really wasn't paying attention. She said, she said mm-hmm. you know what? I, I really wasn't, I was multitasking on three screens. I was doing a lot of other things. And then you came on and you had that red background. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then she said, then you did something, you leaned into the camera, and you talked to me, and I felt myself leaning in towards my screen, like you were sharing it to me. And she goes, and that's really when I started listening to you, and I said, that's the guy I want to MC our summit. And so, I mean, the details yeah. might seem like, oh, it's just little details, but all of those details add up in terms of these engagement skills, the curation, how you're being perceived and there's this force-multiplying effect that, in that case, it's it, you cannot sell to someone. You cannot convey your expertise if they're not paying attention. It, right. you think of it as the master skill of selling, it's the first step mm-hmm. that has to happen. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Right.
0: Right. Well, so we're kind of we're kind of like I, I want to make sure that we can give people three tips. You can give people three tips. I know that you've got some um, tips up your sleeve. <laughs> so please let let me know what three tips that you can hey, give um, the audience.
1: Can I give five if I give them fast? Yeah, no, it's just the reason. The reason I say that is if you play back, you're, you're going to hear a lot of tips and a lot of things that have yeah. already happened. But I didn't kind of say. Get out a piece of paper and write this down, okay? But this is an acronym we use that really plays off of the, the psychology or the neuroscience behind engagement, okay? And I call mm-hmm. it Save You, so it's S A V E U, okay? And when you don't have engagement, when you know people aren't paying attention, this will save you, okay? So that's how this works. So, the, so first of all, the S is simplify, okay? We need to make things easy. Our brain is 2% of our body weight, and yet it consumes 20% of our energy. So if we get confused, we get overwhelmed, I call it cognitive backlog, which is a little technical. So I don't want to overwhelm you with that, but that's what it's called. We tend to tune out because we don't want to burn the calories on it. So whatever you talk about Make sure you've reduced it down to the lowest common denominator words, right? Make it so that everybody understands and you don't leave anybody behind, okay, in terms of mm-hmm. jargon, that sort of thing, okay? So simplify, okay? That's the S. The A is authority, okay? Credibility, right? It doesn't just mean, you know, letters at the end of your name in terms of designations and degrees and, you know, things like that. Sure, that's fine. Maybe how you're introduced might help Mm pre-frame you, right? You read my introduction on the front end. People go, oh, interesting. I want to hear what this guy has to say, right? There's that side of things. But the most important part of this is really how you carry yourself, right? How you show up. And and Claire, if, if I came on your podcast and I was like, uh, yeah, my name is Anders, and I'm an engagement specialist, and I'd, I'd like to share a few. T- you know, <laughs> right? Boring, and also, does he know what he's talking about? Like, just yeah. the way, you know. And that's and that's the thing when people are nervous, that's how people can come off, right? Mm-hmm. So that level of comfort and authenticity has to be in there. So talk about what you do with passion, with with uh, with a mission. You know, be, just be on be congruent about it, and. People will, will resonate with you, and people will, will just kind of like feel what you're trying to you know, express, okay? And right. So, um, so that's, that's the authority piece. The V is visual, auditory, kinesthetic, or varying the senses. Now, hmm. the sentence I just said before here, I said that people can feel what you're expressing. That's a kinesthetic mm-hmm. term, right? If I talk about, that's where the
0: whole physics degree comes in. No, no.
1: no. <laughs> uh, so, so if, if if I talk about something um, auditory, meaning uh-huh. I talk about something, and you're listening to me right now in this podcast, you might hear a few things. I just use three auditory words there, right? Talk, listen, hear. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were visual, you're watching this as a video. You're going to see me using my hands a lot because I'm a visual person and I express myself by painting pictures with my hands, right? Uh, if I had to sit on my hands, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So when you, when you see what I'm doing, that's all visual side of things. And, Claire, you probably have a preferred system of those three, okay? And, and if we talk long enough, I'd probably pick up what it is. But okay. when you are talking to many people, right, you're presenting to the masses or an audience, you cannot play to each individual person, so a shotgun approach is what we recommend. So the idea is we are varying. This is this this is a real technical term: varying the modality of our you know language patterns. But you're you're basically just using auditory, visual, and kinesthetic words interchangeably. So sometimes I'll okay. say, Claire, are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? Does that makes sense, <laughs> right? That's an uh, sorry, kinesthetic term. Are you picking okay. up what I'm putting down? Right? Is this clear? That's a visual term. I would never use okay. them on top of each other like that, but I would be yeah. changing them around. And when I started doing this in my trade show presentations, and you gotta understand, a trade show, it is often 90 decibels. It's louder than an airplane engine in there. The din, hmm. right, just the, the all the, the sound. I'm wearing a microphone, it's super loud. Sometimes I've got, I'm, I've, I've been in a booth where I've got Tony Hawk doing a skateboard demonstration beside me. I've got the mountain, from the Game of Thrones behind me for, you know, a celebrity appearance, right? Right. Um, and then I had uh, one of the gold, Golden State Warriors, about 10 booths back behind You know, there's all these things that people want to go see, super high distraction. When I found that I could paint a picture in people's minds, it just it get, goes into their unconscious more, like storytelling. That that B A K thing is, is important. So how can you make people experience what you're saying better? You add those senses. Right. So we got simplify authority. The V was V A K, bearing the the senses, and the E is emotion. And this really plays into this, right? We want to elevate the moment. We want to make something special. We want to make people feel something. And if you look, uh, you know, at at a presentation that you might be doing, or even an elevator picture or something, you might want to look mm-hmm. at, you know, what is it you want people to feel. You know, and if you feel that first, you know, you're going to mutually influence them through the rapport that you have, through the stories you tell. You know that When we create emotions, it becomes mm-hmm. a mental sticky note in your brain. Creates a peak experience. And when we look back on our day, we're really only going to remember the peak experiences. So if mm-hmm. we want to be remembered by people, we need to make them feel something. And in the technology world that we play in, there's not a lot of feelings, you know, Yeah. but we can have a laugh. We can, you know, we can wallow in the pain of being frustrated in the certain status quo. Uh, When I'll often hold up a picture of a frustrated man pulling his hair out and I say, look at this guy. How many people have ever felt the way this guy feels? Raise your hand. And you notice I just say, look at this guy. How many people have ever felt this way, the way this guy feels? I did the VAK right there. But when they see right. that picture of that man, and then they raise their hand, and they'll kind of nod their head in shame like, yeah, no, that's me sometimes. They're feeling that pain temporarily. And I'm making them feel that so that I can then take them to the promised land, take them to the solution of where mm-hmm. they're going. That would be your company and how you can help people, right? Mm-hmm. And so then when we go to that promised land, it's not how frustrated this guy is. How many, how many people have been there? I'm not talking like that. I'm talking, hey, this is how it is. Stress-free. It's easy. We're talking about it a different way now. We're making we're uplifting them. Okay, so we're at, that's how we can we can influence people with your emotions. Okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so S A V E U is the letter U, but I'm using it as Y O U. You focused. We want to be focused on them. This is the the old cliche. What's everybody's favorite radio station? W I I F M. What's in it for me?
0: Make it about. I the love other that. Person
1: and they will pay attention. And again, going back to that neuroscience, if, if something is to benefit me or if something is going to threaten me, I want to know about it for my survival, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the, the, the tricks that I, I recommend um, for when you're writing an email, it's the easiest, is when you write an email to a prospect, customer, client, what have you, count the number of you's and yours compared to the we's, mine, ours, right, that you're using. Because pretty quickly you go, oh, I'm making this about me, right? Mm. You want their attention. What is the benefit to them, right? right? Or what danger, what problem are they going to avoid by paying attention to them? And so you make mm. it about them, and that's the, the you focus. piece. So whenever you feel you're losing attention, how can we re-engage? You save you to save you.
0: I love that. That is like, that is great. So many great things. Um, yeah, I, lo- I absolutely love that. It's, it's, it's There's so many there are things that I never thought about. I definitely never thought about V. That one's a new one for me. And I and I really do like that one. So amazing. So Andrews, this was like... Uh, an amazing conversation. I know I learned a ton. I'm certain that people listening and watching learned a ton. And where can someone connect with you? Find you online. Yeah, if they want to sure. learn more. So
1: I'm on LinkedIn. So that's one place. Okay. That that's kind of my main social media hub that I I, I, I stick to. Um, and then our website is engageify.ai. So it's E N G A G I F Y, and then it's AI. Now it's we're not artificial intelligence. I. We chose the AI for authentic interactions. So that's kind of what uh, how we tie that in. Okay, so if you go nice. to Engageify.ai, you can check out the learning hub. There's lots of free uh, you know trainings, little videos on there. We have some webinars that you can access to if you want as well. And then we also have kind of a, a free download, uh, four ways to be more engaging. It's just going to uh, give you some tips on, on how to rank up your engagement level.
0: Awesome. I I definitely think that you kind of took the scariness out of it. I think a lot of people are less scared now. So thank you for that, Anders. This was an amazing conversation and I love having you on and thank you guys for watching and listening. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.